0: named our podcast the World Class Agency podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have.
1: What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you?
0: World Class Estate
1: Agency is all about people. A good
2: estate agency add, adds an incredible amount of value
1: to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world class agency look you. hello and welcome to today's episode of the world-class agency podcast my name is Warrell. i'm joined by sam hunter sam welcome to episode 120 or really it's 119 so if anyone's listening um i did mess up last week there is no episode 118 so we're cheating but we're at
0: 120 should we just go with that i think we should just go with that whatever the number says is that's that's the gospel that we're going to follow
1: yeah given given that this is a high production level very professional um podcast obviously and um, the fact that i can't count
0: is fairly irrelevant it's not a podcast about math it's a podcast about world-class estate agency so i think the listeners will give us that one um to answer your question yeah. i'm very well thank you it's nice to see you sun's out it's an early morning i'm caffeinated um i'm in a good mood how are you how was your week
1: yeah good mate yeah really good so um I'm back up north, so for all the as I was uh, in London this weekend um, with my wife for a little getaway, we met up with the hunters, so it was very nice to meet your beautiful baby daughter, have a walk along the Thames, um, while our wives got acquainted, and we just basically talked about a state agency for a couple of yeah. hours.
0: We're not sad, you know, we're just, we just love what we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, did you, you just spoke about estate agents, didn't you? I was like, yeah, you would have been
0: bored.
2: <laughs>
0: this is why I don't see any of yeah. my other mates because I just don't want to talk about real estate. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if you're not talking about uh, real estate. I'm just not interested. Yeah,
0: yeah. To give it to give ourselves, you know, a, a mild amount of credit, we did talk about rugby as well. Unfortunately, um, and I much prefer to talk about cricket. So, Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and we talked about rugby a couple of hours before England beat Australia in the rugby, didn't we, Sam?
0: We did, yes.
1: And is, that, is it eight in a row? Australia haven't beaten England since Eddie Jones has been at the helm, I don't think. Anyway, we don't really want to talk about that, do we?
0: I think we beat you. The last time we beat you was the World Cup, your home World Cup, before you were out in the group stages. So, you know.
1: Yeah, but there's no point. No point crying over spilt milk, is there?
0: Right, um, should we go back to all anyway. about real estate? Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> it seems us be much better anyway. Um, I've, I've, I've got a really funny week this week actually because I'm only back in the office um, basically this morning and then I'm, uh, at, I'm going to Perry's Bootcamp this afternoon. So really looking forward to spending time working on the business. I think it's a really good time of year to do that so we can implement the stuff that we learn. Um, and hopefully our listeners can implement some of the stuff that we talk about today before the end of the year. There's a good time to work on your business at this time of year, I think.
0: I think it's one of the best times. It doesn't matter what business you're in. This gives you an opportunity to listen to your customer base and to actually listen to the marketplace as well and understand what their needs are. Are you serving them? Are you connecting with the right people? You know, uh, we're recording this just after we spoke to our guest this morning and we talked a lot about ideal clients, ideal customers, um, ideal business, understanding who you are, what you stand for, and making sure that, you know, everything that you put out there, including the people that you hire, Uh, relates to that along the way. And we're recording this middle of November. I I think there's a good 40-odd, I think there's 42 days left in the year. Um, There is no better time to have that review. Um, Scary thought sometimes. You know, if you ask yourself some tough questions, you're probably going to get some tough answers. But that sets you up to solve those problems sooner rather than later instead of just burying your head in the sand and hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, and we always talk about asking tough questions of our clients um on this show don't we you know you ask tough questions to your clients to get them to take action so um maybe this time of year is a, is a really good time especially after the year that we've had um to look inside ask those tough questions of yourself and your business as to how they can improve and, and move forward and i'm really looking forward to you know, not taking the foot off the gas in late Christmas but actually doubling down and putting the hard work in um and i i had sort of a little bit of experience of that last week so i went away on Thursday. So I was out of the office Friday and Monday back in a short period now, but I went away from the office feeling very confident in the work that I'd done last week. had some really good um, market appraisals and it it actually makes you enjoy the time off more knowing you've done the work. And I opened my emails up this morning, and had two instructions out of those appraisals um, that I had last week as well. So it's really that feeling that once the hard work's done, you can enjoy the time off more, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um I mean we it was this time last year we were talking about how much better Christmas lunch tastes with instructions in your drawer versus yep thinking, okay, when I get back to work I've got to work my ass off to fill my pipeline effectively. Um and it does come down to a mix of hard work, good marketing, bit of you know, theme of the show. We should start calling this the consistent estate agent podcast maybe instead of the world-class estate agency podcast but actually that's those two things are hand in hand one does not come without the other um, and this may be a really great time to look back on your year and see when you had moments that were successful what happened what will happen in the preceding 90 days what happened in the preceding 30 days you know it's great to hear that your you had conversations last week that have turned into results this week based on work that you did 60 days ago you know it's almost like this is a proven process
1: (laughs) (laughs) and the other other thing that i've got to say on that point one of the reasons i think my appraisals were um really effective last week is that we really used one thing that we've talked about we've adapted it um in strategy that's what we were talking about on saturday um but we've adapted it into our uh, a strategy that we're calling ready set go so that people can get on the market we can get them ready to go on the market now and they you can then get on the market whenever they want, you know, in the build up to Christmas or Boxing Day or January. And actually, if you aren't having those conversations with your clients now at this stage, I think you've probably got probably another couple of weeks to have, have those conversations. But when we've used that to say, look, you don't have to go straight on the market, but we can get you all prepared. And then that instruction is in the drawer as you leave for Christmas. Or you might already be on the market at that stage. It depends on on the client. But I would really encourage anybody who hasn't tried having that conversation with a client to do that and almost watch the client instantly relax. And um, it's been so, so effective for us as a business over the last couple of weeks.
0: Absolutely. The, The last thing that people who are thinking about moving want to do now is keep their entire house clean. Uh, and, and facilitate viewings. There'll be people that definitely want to do that. But the vast majority of people who are thinking about moving now will be spending their evenings on, on the portals, looking at where potentially they could go and what they could afford. So they're thinking, what is our place worth? So they do want to be talking to you as an estate agent now, but they might not want to be actually going hammer and tong. It is about offering them control. So you want to move. When you want to move is the debatable point. At the moment but likely in the new year because we're going to resolve a few of these things you know there's going to be more focus on what you need to do there's going to be less focus on christmas there's no holiday season you have to worry about the family popping in but in the meantime i want to make sure that if the right buyer for your house comes along i'm in a position to talk to them about it so we get, need to get you and i like your language of ready set go it is it's a ready to sell campaign they good agents have been doing them for donkey's years it's just that now good agents are talking to each other and are willing to share those practices with everybody else because they know that if they were to share what, exactly what you just said, right? You've tried it and it's worked and it's gone absolutely gangbusters for you. We're talking to this. There's going to be a few hundred agents who are listening to this across the country and there's going to probably be a handful that take action off the back of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: you know. So if you're thinking, oh, if I do that, everyone's going to. No, one in 10 is probably going to, I would imagine.
1: And that's, that is a mindset as well. Sometimes we come on here and talk about things. And as, a, as I'm saying that, I can, my mum listens, I can imagine. She's thinking, God, why are you talking about that? Again, Giving all the secrets away. But the, the point is, as you say, you know, it's not just having the idea, actually, it's implementing it. And um, that's one of the things that when people are going to conferences and awards dinners and all that sort of thing at this time of year, it's all well and good going to the conference. If you don't implement anything from it, it's completely pointless. So you know, we've already got our implementation days. Um, booked in for the boot camp that we're going on later today. And I think that's, you know, almost more important than going to those events.
0: I love but that. Definitely I, more important. I've, I've genuinely never heard of an implementation day, implementation day, sorry about that, before. Um, and I love that. That just shows that it's not a day off work or a day out of school. So many people go to conferences or so many people go to events to take time away from work not to actually work on their business. And the fact that you've booked in that implement- implementation day.
1: <laughs> Easy for well, you to say.
0: Yeah, come on, mate. Let's get your words out. Uh, it shows that that is actually, that event is now one of the most important days of your business year. And you're treating it as such. I love that. I've never heard of that before, but I'm going to steal that and I'm going to tell every single person I can possibly speak to for the next 40 days to the end of this year that whenever they go and learn something, that they're going to book time to implement it straight after that.
1: You can call it the Mark Warrell Implementation Day if you want.
0: The Mark Warrell Implementation Day. <laughs> the M-W. <M-wid. laughs>
1: on that, on that note, let's dive in and introduce today's guest, and hopefully, when he gives us some pearls of wisdom, he doesn't try and drop his name into it.
0: Today's guest has been the marketing director for Surrey's largest and most successful independent estate agency for over a decade. He's recently won the best estate agency marketing across the whole of the UK at the International Property Awards, and he's here today to share his thoughts on content marketing, website design, lead gen, and what it takes to actually build and maintain a respected estate agency brand. Graham Wadhams, marketing director from Kirchhoff Estate Agents, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast.
2: Morning, Sam. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm a regular listener, so yeah, fan of, fan of the pod.
0: Friend of the show.
2: We like him.
1: There's only a couple of them, but we like them. Thanks very much for joining us, Graham. And if you do listen, you know, you know what the first question is, then let's dive straight in. Congratulations on your recent awards, uh, by the way. Um, but first question uh, with with Ever recently. What does world-class estate agency look like to you?
2: Well, I think I've been thinking about this since I know you invited me on, and I think we need to say what does world-class estate agency marketing look like, as that's, that's kind of what I specialize in, right? And I think it comes down to knowing what you stand for as an agency and being able to communicate that eloquently and effectively across the variety of mediums that we have available to us as marketeers. I think the topic is so deep and so wide, that, and there are so many rabbit holes to dive down into, it's, it's really knowing who you are and, and what you want to communicate to people.
0: How do you know who you are? It's a pretty deep question for 8.07 in the morning, but let's, let's go there.
2: I think, uh, I think it comes back to <clears throat> taking the time to try and find out what you stand for. You know, I think I look across um, the, let's say, local newspapers, for example, right? And I see uh, estate agent after estate agent looking at uh, advertising properties, and all they do is advertise properties. And, and yeah, I guess the estate agents sell properties, but in reality, you sell a service. Um, so, you know, it comes back to knowing what services you provide and what value that is to, to clients and being able to communicate that effectively rather than just putting up houses in a, in a, new-
1: let's dive on that communicate, that effective communication. I really like how you, um, turn the answer into what your specialism, but talk us through how you as an agent communicate effectively and how our listeners could maybe improve how they communicate, what they stand for.
2: Sure. I mean, I think the thing is, if you simply say that you do sales, lettings, mortgages, whatever, they're commodities, and and you'll be the same as every other estate agent on the high street, and there's no differentiator in what you're doing as to what the next person's doing. So I think you need to sort of work out how you provide value, you know, where where you specialize. Are you a premium agent that provides a quality service, or are you doing something cheaply? Um, i quote uh, Dolly Parton, and I think it's probably the first time Dolly Parton's been quoted on this podcast to say, you know, it takes a lot of time and money to look this cheap. And if you, you think, you know, Purple Bricks nailed that they were the, 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 the you know, the, the cheap way of selling your house, you know, and so they obviously took a long dive into what do we offer and how can we present ourselves as cheap, you know, and they did that very well and invested a lot of time in their own brand and a lot of self-searching to find out who they were and what they wanted to communicate to, to clients.
0: not going to ask the question i want to ask there because we won't make this a podcast about purple bricks um come back to yeah well we can talk about dolly parton that's an that'd be an interesting (laughs) podcast we've we figured out that you can literally write everything in life back to a state agency because housing or having a roof over your head is something that affects everybody from the moment they're born to the moment they pass away so there is not one thing that you can relate back to a state agency as sad as that may sound for two guys who just love talking about it week in week out it's the it's the reality of the industry we operate in, and actually it, it means that you can always find common ground with people. So it's quite a unique thing, you know. If you sell tractors, it's difficult to relate that to everyday life. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. I don't sell tractors. Um, I want to ask you the opening question again because I don't want you. To, I don't want to let you off that easy. So we've done what world class uh, estate agency marketing looks like. How does that translate into? The agents within your brand and the experience that they're offering like what what does the frontline staff of Kirsch's? how would they describe world-class estate agency
2: i mean a lot of people talk about brand and how do you develop a good estate agency brand um and we're in one that focuses on quality so you know at every touch point we're trying to make sure that there's a good customer experience and there is quality happening at every sort of touch point you know we do training internally and one of the one of the ones is you know, how do you answer the telephone? You know, like, are you picking up the phone and being helpful to people? Or are you just passing off the inquiry? Are you cheerful? That sort of thing. So um, I think, you know, from whether it's touch points at to the front end in the estate agents, then um, to, to every sort of way that you communicate with customers, it's about focusing on being the best that you can be in each of those areas. Um, so whether it's, you know, you're whether you're learning how to do this yourself in-house or whether you're employing a specialist or you're pl- employing an agency to do it for you, then it's about attacking all the different avenues that you've got as marketeers to be able to promote your company and what you stand for to, to the public.
0: How do you know, so let's talk, oh Mark, you had your hand up, but I'm going to rudely interrupt you. See, Graham, this is where we said that this, the system, the wave <laughs> system doesn't always work perfectly. Um, hold that thought back, because I just want to ask a, a really, Hopefully, a simple question. How do you know that your marketing works?
2: Revenue.
0: (laughs) Probably the easiest answer. I mean,
2: you, you, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, are are you a trusted brand? Are you one of the people that people are asking out on valuations? You know, like are I think there's, um, yeah, you know, are you exposing yourself enough to people in enough places and enough touch points so that you know you're getting asked out on valuations? And then are you? on, you know, and that, that journey and the, th- the the role that marketing plays not only comes from customer acquisition, but the whole customer journey throughout their time with you um, until, yeah, you generate revenue.
1: I forgot what my point was, Sam. <laughs> I was joking. Uh, <laughs> so, great, um, you talked about... Um, your brand representing quality and that kind of goes back to your answer with with world-class agencies knowing what you stand for and then communicating it effectively you talked about having that quality at every touch point and you gave one example of answering the phone can you give me another example of how you um sort of put what you stand for into the business and how that sort of what How do you do things differently to other agents so that your brand represents quality at another touch point? I'm just really interested in sort of those practical examples that the frontline team um, is.
2: I mean, you, you could take any of the examples. So you could take direct mail, you could take video marketing, you could take content marketing, any of these things. And I think you can demonstrate quality in any of, those, any of those avenues. So, you know, are you writing the generic letter to people like, we've sold this house, or are you, t- or are you telling people, you know, what you've done for the buyer and what, you know, what story you've told behind that, um, behind that sale? You know, content marketing, are you writing a throwaway five tips to sell your house blog that's 100 words long, post it on social and be done with it, or are you writing 3,000-word articles that's supplemented by video content? You know, is the video that you're creating of a suitable and substantial production quality that it reflects the quality of your brand? So I think you can look at any of the avenues that you want to communicate to people in and, and you can level up what you're doing. But to do that takes, you know, investment in time, resources and, and money to be able to appear as quality. And I think even if you want to appear as cheap, like the Purple Bricks example I gave that, you know, at, at the outset, I think it takes um, creative marketing minds internally to be able to do that and to be able to present them in a way that, that that's you know where they want to be. That comes
0: that's back really to your point. Yeah, I, I think that does come back to your point about the Dolly Parton thing again. It does take a lot of money to to look cheap, and Purple Bricks spent a lot of money in their marketing to get those messages across. You know, cheap doesn't always mean no nothing spent, um, and I think that's a really important point. So we've just gone through this exact same sort of thinking. With where we are, we've always been very raw and real in our marketing. And we'd like to grow that up a little bit now um, because we're more of a proven entity um, and trying to attract a different sort of client base as well.
2: I mean, I think um, that, you know, whether, and, and when I say about knowing who you are and what you stand for, you know, it's identifying what you want to be as an agent, you know, it's absolutely fine to say I want to do high volume, low fees, or it's, or it's okay to say I want to do high fees, low volume, but it's deciding where you want to stand on that and how to communicate that to customers, you know, you, you need to stand for something and be able to communicate that. So I'm not, I'm not turning this into a Purple Bricks podcast or, a, mm. you know, you need to be a high fee you know, low volume agency, but whichever one you decide to do it's, it's marketing is where you communicate what you stand for and, and, and what you're going to do for your customers.
1: But is that exactly what I was going to say about the Dali Parton thing? I think it's a really good point. There's probably loads of agents that start up. I think, right, we're going to undercut and we're going to be cheap. But as you say, it still costs a lot of money to communicate that. If that's going to be what you stand for, it probably needs to be that for the, for the long term let's um sort of take a step, step away from from marketing for a little bit obviously it's coming up to the end of the year most people listening to the show will probably be planning how next year looks where would you recommend that they start um for the, for the plans for next year
2: i mean we always try and work a few months ahead so you know the property industry is You know, cyclical in nature, you know, obviously ramps up in the spring and in the autumn. So we'll be preparing our marketing materials so that we're communicating to people, you know, uh, now for the new year and then January for for spring. So um, it's a constant cycle. And we always find as an internal sort of marketing department that whilst the industry might quieten down in terms of volume in, uh, you know, the winter months and maybe the summer, in terms of marketing, it doesn't because you're always sort of preparing for the next season, you know. And when instruction levels are low, marketing works harder to be able to, get, to fill the gap. You know,
0: That's an interesting um, point that you, you raised there because so many people will stop when it's quiet and think, I'll just start again when it's when it's getting busy again instead of understanding that you've got to have a presence and be top of mind in a marketplace so that if somebody decides to make a quick decision or if somebody's planning their decision for months in advance, it's a bit like when someone goes on a holiday they don't wait till they're on the holiday to decide they want to go to Disneyland. They're looking at the attractions. They're understanding what rides they want to go on. They're planning out their day marketing or otherwise. That's what you've got to be doing there. If someone's thinking today, 16th of November, 2021, if someone's saying, right, kids' birthdays are in February, we're going to do that. Then we're going to paint to make sure that it looks well. And we're going to be on the market middle of March. They're picking their agent today. They're deciding who they're going to get advice from today.
2: Yeah, and we, we, you know, we rely on a a psychological, you know, term, which is called the mere exposure effect, which is, you know, you get more familiar with things and more, um, you know, a a bigger preference for things when you're exposed to them more often. So, you know, whether they're coming across you on social media, direct mail, TV, radio, all of these sort of mediums, you know, you can be, uh, you can be in their front of mind, even if they're not deciding to move. And it's a constant journey to being able to try and identify those people and be able to communicate to them and make sure that you are the person that they know of and they trust and they are happy to ask out an evaluation when it's their time to move or ask for advice about who to move. You know?
1: I wanted to um, ask and jump in. Apologies. I think I'm on a bit of a lag, so... If I keep talking over Sam or he keeps talking over me, apologies, um, today. But I wanted to double down on what you said there about when it's quiet, you ramp up the marketing. So there's probably agents listening to this that haven't been as consistent as your company with marketing this year because they've been really busy. But in those quiet times, without giving too much away, if you're happy to give um, some ideas, what exactly will it be that you ramp up and how does that look like um, from sort of output from your marketing department?
2: We have taken a look at our rightmove product spend, you know, our portal product spend. You know, how are these being organised? Are they more sort of targeted towards generating valuations? You know, is it just brand brand awareness, brand advertising, or is it the more valuation generation products? So, you know, you're looking at measurable ways that you can generate more instruction time of the year. Um, In terms of sort of creative marketing, we're in the process of creating a television advert at the moment that is due to air in the new year. So. The sort of prep and creative work that goes into the, you know, creating something like that takes time and energy, and and that's what we're sort of focused on on now. So that in the new year it will launch and air, and then we will be, you know, in people's living rooms in January. So. And when. A million examples.
0: When, um, so let's let's talk about stuff that's happening in January now, because actually, when I uh, put my ear to the ground of the conversations that are happening, like within our business to our clients. Um, and we subscribe to this mentality of sort of turning your sails to the wind. So make sure that what we're talking about today is relevant for today, not we're still talking about, you know, the market switching on and going nuts and everything like that. It, it is very much about this is what you need to be doing now for the future. When, when do conversations about January start in the Kirch's marketing department?
2: We, um, we start talking about them, I guess, autumn, soon as the autumn comes around and we start talking about the messages that we're going to communicate to people on the run-up to Christmas Um, you know we go back to newspaper advertising and you see property after property being advertised across like a, a double page spread for example and I think we're probably I think at the moment we're one of I don't know one of a couple of agents that communicate any messages along with those properties and so, you know, just as an example, there's plenty of other mediums. We're doing direct mail that says the same messaging, and, you know, we're emailing people to say the same messaging. But, you know, it's this time of year that we're starting to communicate to people that it's not too soon to be starting to think about Christmas. It's not too soon to start thinking about getting prepared for January. And, you know, and if you want to be moving in January, now is the time to be starting to talk to us. So it's those sort of messages as we head towards Christmas, out of the autumn, Um and, and obviously when you're communicating those messages on the run up to Christmas, then you know, it takes time to put those together.
0: Very boring question, but one I'm quite interested in. Um, and this is what we try and do is not get all your secrets, um, but try and make sure that everybody listening can take some value out of, out of today. How creative do you get with your messaging versus how practical is your messaging? Because I think there are often and we've had agents on this show um, and we have had sort of feedback from our listeners where they're like, I want to do stuff with my marketing, but I'm just not sure what to say. And often we, you know, the advice that we hear is say what's going to matter to the other person. Don't, don't try and overcomplicate it. Don't use any jargon, just simple things. Like if you're thinking about moving in January now's the time, like that's not what you would consider to be a madman style marketing message. It's very practical. So what's the sort of mix
2: I guess we, um, I guess it comes back to your brand values, you know. We are a company that wants to appear as human and approachable, so you've got to speak in that way. And I think, you know, you've got people who generally have low attention spans, so you need Mm. to keep those messages short so that when they come across them, they're easily digestible. You know, you're getting across uh, what value your agency has um, and can offer people succinctly, and you know in, in a short message and being able to get it over to people um, I think it, it, yeah, it depends on what you want to focus on I guess if you want to go gimmicks or you want to go you know um, special offers or whatever then that, that's fine too but um, yeah, we like to inject a bit of humor so I think our run-up to Christmas advert was something pictures of Christmas super early like way earlier than any human should see messages about Christmas with with a question too soon. You know, is it too soon to talk about Christmas? Uh, And then, supported by text, sort of talking about, is it too soon to be talking about your move?
1: You talked, uh, um, Graham, about relating your messaging back to your brand values. If I'm a uh, one-office independent, maybe I've not sort of worked out exactly um, my brand values to then come in and put the messaging on top of that. How important do you think going through that process is?
2: I think it's really important because if I came to you, Mark, and I said, um, you know, why are you in business? Because uh, I want to make money. You know, it's not trying. To, if you're just trying to communicate the fact that you're just in business to communi- to to make money to your potential client, it's not the best selling point in the world. You know, you should be saying, "I'm passionate about helping people move home. I've set up my own independent agent because I'm I'm passionate about the way that I do things." And, um, you know, and the way that I help people move home, I think they've already probably got all that information, but it's worth formalizing it and writing it down and saying, look, these are the messages that I want to communicate to, to the public. And this is what I stand for. So they probably already have it. It's a case of going through and, and crystallizing on exactly what they stand for and, and what it means.
1: And that doesn't have to be a 52 page document, does it? It can be something that could be very simple for an agent that just helps them relate back. So when they are thinking of those messages they aren't going straight you know, off the top of the head and picking a gimmick that doesn't match those brand values.
2: Exactly, yeah. And I think that's complemented by, you know, know who you are and know who your ideal customer is. Because the amount of times when I've had the conversation like, well, who's your ideal customer? Everyone, you know? We just, we'll sell anything to anyone. When in reality, that's probably not the case. You know, you want to focus on a specific style or type or, you know, value of house or, you know, you, you... You want to take on a certain type of person so i think knowing who your audience is who you're going to talk to and knowing who you are and being able to marry the two together is is, is an essential thing to spend and invest some time finding out and if you you're not able to do it yourself you've only got to pop onto linkedin for five minutes to find an expert that can that can help you do it you know like the 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 advice is out there
0: Mm -hmm. i'd agree with that the we talked a lot about knowing who you are and what you stand for and taking that time but actually Taking that time to understand who your ideal customer is as well will open up that both creative and practical language in your marketing as well because suddenly you're talking to somebody, not just putting out a message across Facebook and hoping for the best.
2: Yeah, and if you're, if, you're, if you're working with an outside agency, you know, being able to communicate this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is what I need you to communicate for me, even if you're not doing the creative in house and you're not mm. doing everything yourself, then being able to communicate that to an outside agency will be, will be invaluable. And I think it comes back to working on your business, not in your business, you know, and I think we all need to dedicate time to be able to develop what we have as, as agents, not just working on the front line to get the next deal through.
0: Find out the truth. Right. Um, let's end on a, on a high Graham. Um, so I'm an agent. I'm listening to this show. You know, I'm, I'm walking around a supermarket with this in my ear. I'm on a run or I'm sitting in my office early morning, getting some, you know, added value. And I'm starting to really put into place everything for next year. I probably don't have a massive budget, but actually I've made the decision that I'm going to be consistent in my marketing efforts because I want to see that consistent results and the revenue that you talked about earlier. What, would you suggest above anything else is, is a marketing activity as part of a mix, but somewhere where you would start and not stop through
2: 2022? Uh, it depends on what you're doing already. So I'll caveat with this. So if you're already doing this, then you know, there are plenty of other avenues to focus on. But I think you know, if you've gone to the trouble of attracting a customer in the past and you're an established agent and you, uh, you've done a good job for them, then uh, you should be going back and looking at your past clients because they're the easiest ones to turn to, to generate new business from, and and it's quantifiable too. You know, you'll be able to say, okay, well, I sent an email to thirty thousand people in our database, and ten of them came back to me, or a hundred of them came back to me and, and asked for more information or evaluation of their properties. I think as a as a takeaway, you know, the easiest low-hanging fruit is probably to go back with customers that you've you've worked with in the past. Um, my other my other advice would make sure that you are all set in Google and take a Google-first approach to what you're doing. You know, like, have you Googled your own business? And you'd be shocked at the amount of people that I speak to that say, you know, have you ever Googled your own business? No. Um, and, you know, see how you appear, you know, where, where you appear, what do your reviews look like? Um, so those two things, focusing on your past clients, you know, people you've done a good job for, and then making sure that your agent appears uh, as well as it can do online.
1: The past clients bit is almost um, so simple; it's staggering, and the amount of agents that that just completely forget about that, completely disregard them, um, is, is is remarkable. But yeah, the easiest low hanging fruit. I agree.
0: Graham, uh, you- oh, sorry, you go, mate.
2: Then I was going to say, and, you know, there are plenty of ways that you can bring down the barriers to, to help those people come back to you. You know, you've already got all their information, so don't send them to a valuation form on their website that asks them to input their information again. You've already got it. You only need a notification to say this person's asked for something. You know, and break down those barriers and make it as easy as possible for those people to get back in touch with you and, and yeah, want to engage with you again.
0: My my question when I rudely interrupt you was going to be if it is that simple, why is it that so many agents don't do it, in your opinion?
2: It's a good question, Sam. It's a good question because it's what they should be doing. You know, I think I think it's a tendency in salespeople to always chase the next thing, you know, the next big sale, the next thing that's coming on, when, you know, consistently going back and, and talking to your customers and maintaining a relationship is is Probably harder and takes more effort to do over time. You know, if, if they're thinking, "Well, I need to phone all of my past sales every week," you know, when it could just be an email or something that's set up so that it is it's done on an automated basis. You know,
0: mm. there is that. You're I right. Think- everyone wants to chase the shiny pennies instead of do the. And again, coming back to creative messaging, which everyone thinks they want to do, versus really practical stuff. Of it's never too soon to think about selling or something like that makes a hell of a lot of sense And actually doesn't cost you a great deal of money as well marketing is activity you know a really high level of marketing is a high level activity in various forms at various budgets it's not i need to go and spend you know 10 grand on a tv campaign or put something on radio or do five pounds a day on facebook it's keeping a really high level of activity across the spectrum
2: yeah, and I think people come into the mark into marketing either from like a, a sales background or a marketing or a creative background. So you know you might be thinking that marketing is all creative, like you say, coming up with you know good design and, and and creative radio or TV adverts. But other people come into it from a sales background, and it can just be doing the basics of working your your existing database, writing to people consistently, emailing people consistently. All of those things will will generate business. But I think if you know who you are and what you stand for and who you want to communicate with, that's a good place to come from.
0: Agreed. Uh, well, Graham, I want to say a big thank you from Mark and I and for everybody that's listening. Um, that's been really insightful to just sort of hear your thoughts about somebody who is responsible for not just, you know, generating significant amounts of revenue for quite a large group, but is winning awards doing it as well. And I think for me, what what's come out of that is if you understand who you are and you understand who you want to speak to or who you want to work for, and you can show them that value in as quick as possible, then Marketing should actually be this, just not it's not easy, but it may be a very simple practice that you just stay very consistent with, no matter the cycle that you're in over time. So, I'm hoping that everybody listening can take something away from today and implement it before the end of the year so that you can get your year off to a good start next year as well. But from Mark and I, and everyone, thank you very much.
1: A massive thank you once again to Graham Wadhams from Church and for joining us today, um, Sam. <laughs> I loved how simple the interview was, but how practical the advice that he gave was as well. And it means that for me, when someone's listening to something that can seem so straightforward, but actually when you speak to an expert in his field and he says, you know, it's something as easy as uh, contacting your past clients, it really, to steal one of your terms, made me sit up in my chair and think, actually, it's right. Why, Why don't people do this?
0: yeah uh, and just to to dump you in there, it's Kirchhodds rather than churchods but I couldn't say implementation before. So we're on one of those things this morning. I think we both we both need an extra cup of coffee. Um, yeah it, we what we did when we uh, stopped recording was we talked about how actually we could have gone on and almost articulated an entire podcast on each part of the marketing mix. So we could have spent half an yeah. hour talking about direct mail. We could have spent half an hour talking about social media, we could have spent half an hour talking about what it really means to Google your own business and having a Google first approach to everything. And we sort of agreed that in the new year, we might take a poll of our listeners to see which one we want to focus on the most and have somebody like Graham, or maybe a group of marketeers come back to talk to us about what each of those actually means and how you do each of those well, because it's not marketing is not just about one thing. Uh, It is about having a mix of everything. And as we said, at the top of the show, as we say, every single week, remaining consistent in everything that you're doing as well. Um, it, you know, Graham said himself, what does world-class estate agency marketing look like? Well, it's knowing what you stand for as an agency and being able to communicate that across every channel that you're working on. That's not, that sounds really simple, but it's not an easy thing to achieve. And it does come back to those points that Graham made about devoting time to work on your business, you know, making sure that you, you have enough time to understand who you are, you stand for what that means to your client who your ideal customer is so you're just talking to them
1: yeah and i think the point with that is it doesn't have to be a big expensive marketing exercise of course you could do it that way if you wanted to but actually as graham talked about take the time to find out what you stand for um and then start to communicate that effectively with, with your audience. Now, you you know what you stand for. All you need to do is, you know, take some time out of the business to sit with a piece of paper or with your laptop and actually write it down. Um, and, you know, he, he quite rightly said that the messaging comes back to the brand values. Know who you are, know who your ideal customer is. It's, you know, if you if you don't do it, you should be doing it. I think is the mm. a, a, a fact. And one of the one of the best exercises that we ever did as a as a business for this is that um, we made avatars for our ideal customers. So we gave our ideal customers uh, we had three of them in different parts of the market. We gave them a name, and then that once you've given them a name and, and got a a stock image for you know what you think those uh, clients look like, or even better, an actual real-life um, photo of, of some of your ideal clients. When you do that, it then makes that, that messaging much easier because you know exactly who you're talking to, you can picture them, you can give them a name, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, exactly right. It, it is those avatars, isn't it? Um, and then understanding, if you know what those avatars look like, and this is a point that I, I think actually we should definitely, you know, spend a bit of time talking about again. But I liked when Graham said, once you know one who you stand for and your values, and you know who those ideal customer avatars are, you've got to define what good customer service and customer experience. And I think he mentioned the word quality a number yeah. of times throughout that entire episode. What does quality look like to those people at every single touch point? It, you know, they talked about we do internal training to make sure that we're always, or they're always cheerful. And helpful you know two great words particularly when you're associating that with quality um, and you're making sure that in every area of the business across the avatar that you want to be representing more than anybody else you are focused on being the best that you can for those people in your marketing and in your business
1: and and that's that's building on the the simplicity so it starts quite simply right down to who you are then you start to um, build the avatars a bit more work then you start to build out how what you stand for comes through at every touch point and i really like that you know if you know what you stand for which he said for them was quality that quality has to come through it every single touch point but that's you know quite easy to say right we're going to apply it to every single touch point it takes a lot of time you've got to do it consistently there's that word again um but you 've also got to take time out of your business to be able to do that because you can 't be answering the phone whilst you 're trying to ensure that quality is through, it, you know, through every single touch point well, you can do the, you can do the answering phone quality bit, but you can 't take the brain time to actually sit and plan right what does you know what does a um, quality post evaluation follow up look like stuff like that and that 's where you build on the simplicity and it starts simple um, but actually the effects of doing things like that building on all of that i think are you know absolutely
0: huge Mm. one of the things that i think um we sort of skipped over it in the chat uh with graham but it's useful to come back on is he talked about how they use a bit of psychology in their marketing um and i and i think he called it the near exposure effect so you get a preference for something the more you're exposed to it more often um i don't know if anyone's ever come across this but So when I uh, first ever car that I bought was a VW Golf back in the day and I decided that I was going to buy a VW Golf and I was looking at them and I swear to you every second car I saw on the road was a VW Golf. Um, Different psychological effect, but it shows you that when you start making decisions, you pick up on the things that are more front of your mind than anywhere else and actually The near exposure effect is a perfect recognition about how marketing actually works. If you're putting something through somebody's letterbox, if they see you on social media, if there's a TV out, if they hear you on the radio, if there's a signboard that they drive past every day and they're suddenly in more real estate mode than not, they're going to start noticing those things more and more and more. And if you're the one that they're seeing more than everybody else, you are going to earn that opportunity at the very least. You know, and that, a bit like what we we were talking about at the top of the show with you. There was work that you're doing 60 days ago that resulted in vows last week that have got you instructions this morning mm. because of that near exposure effect, because their preference for you increased because they were exposed to you more often over that time period to the point where they were like, yeah, Mark's the guy for us.
1: Yeah, and he said more familiar if exposed more often and it makes perfect sense, but that's the marketing department coming into their own in, in that, isn't it? You know, get your brand in front of, um, people as much as possible, and that probably for some agents, it's like, right, well, well, I think you just have to do it at the right time. But actually, you know, how do you know when the right time is for each client? So you've got to keep that exposure um, ramped up. And, and then, and then finally, I think the the final thing just to, to talk talk about. Um, oh, I said final, but now I've got two final points. Never mind. Um, I, I really like the communicate communicating with clients ahead of time. I think that makes our industry um, fairly unique in that it's a long decision-making process. So they've obviously rec- recognized that and are communicating with them ahead of time. And then I just love the easiest low-hanging fruit of your past clients. Um, and you think, we, you know, I'll put our hands up, we don't do that anywhere near as much as the business. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're going to be having conversations with later on today. You've already got their information. Don't make them submit it again, but just, do things to maintain a relationship with the past clients and how simple, but yet how effective.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and that's, again, I'm going to come back to the saying, and I think I might make a habit of saying this every single day until we get to Christmas, but everyone you talk, you know, is talking to everyone that they know right now from now until the end of the year, there is really no excuse to look at every single person in your database and give them a call. If nothing else to wish them Merry Christmas. I, I ran a session last week that, um, uh, the feedback that I had on it yesterday, well, again, there were 21 people on this session. So when we talk about that one in 10 implementation, I've had three emails. So just over that one in 10 from people saying, yeah. uh, I spent some time on the weekend doing this and I've booked two vows off the back of it. And all I said was, it's been half an hour every day looking at the people that you sold for between three and five years ago and send them a report. And say, just thought I'd let. And all it is was it was a report with every single sale, just like theirs for this year. So it was like pages and pages of sales. The point is, you want to show them that there's been a bit going on in the market. Yeah. And you want to give them an idea of what their place might be worth. And it was just like, here's here's a year in review for homes in your local marketplace, just like yours. Hope everything's well. Have a fantastic Christmas. And then I said, follow everyone up that opens it more than once. So if it gets two opens, call them. Three people out of that twenty-one did it, and they've got vows off the back of it but it's just showing you exactly what graham was saying call your past clients talk to them ask them questions because that's kind of what the job is right
1: i just think it's something that we don't do in this country i really do you know i think i bet if you i bet if you speak to you know most most even i would say even most good estate agents probably five ten percent do it and i'm not in that five percent, definitely not
0: but will Not, be. Yeah, you will be. Next week, I'm going to keep you accountable. I'm going to ask you that first question. How many database co- contacts did you make, except for on your implementation day?
1: Yeah, maybe next week's a bad time to start, but maybe the week after?
0: We'll see. I'm going to ask you, we'll make sure that you do some work between now and next week.
1: Look, you nailed implementation there, so I'm going to give it a go. A massive thank you once again to Graham Adams from Kirchland's estate Agents. Any good? I yeah. See, we're improving. It's only taken us an hour. Matthew, thank you for joining us today. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it get better. And we are sad enough to talk about it in our social time as well. Um, If you do like what we do, please share it out on social media. Share it with colleagues alike and drop Graham a message and thank him for his time. I'm Mark Oral, He's Hamonta. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week.